Here we go. Live episode 44 of the Lucas Grandsire podcast. I'm back. We're back. Very special guest today. It is, of course, clickbait Harry Davis. What's going on, <laughs> sir? How are you? Hello. It's been a long time coming, but finally, you know, years in the, like, what, six, seven years in the making, but I'm here. Yeah, man. That's what we go. Pe- people tell me all the time, like, Lucas, we go back from the start. We, I'm like, no, we don't. Me and Harry go back from the start, but man, nah, we don't. But mm. man, and we fought each other everywhere. The the train wreck that was cage pages when that all went down, mm. MMA latest. Like, man, we, we go back far. Yeah, go. I think it was, yeah, it was cage pages first. And then we kind of just went on from that, you know. Uh, I think I was with Cage Pages in 2016. I don't know if you were there before. I kind of, I think you remember you actually joined after me. I can't remember, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, yeah, so, God, we've been through it, you know, but hey, at least we're here now. That That's right, man. I, I remember, like, I didn't stay very long. I think I wrote, like, two articles, and then uh, I thought I was big time. <laughs> I was like, here you go. This this is it. I, I'm official. And I joined BJ Penn for, you know, mm. which was the, the wrong move because I didn't know what I was doing. And I tried to come back, and... um. Who's the name of uh it was Danny and it was not Nick? Was it, was it yeah, Nick? Nick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nick was like, nah, he's not coming back. So I had to watch from the outside. And then I get a message from you telling me about you know everything that mm. happened. Oh man, that was wow, that was bad. Yeah, I remember it all kind of blew up and like you know, it's just behind the scenes stuff, and then like one person left and ended up like basically everyone left. And I think uh, maybe the fault fo- i think that was like 2017 we left and then the following year it kind of just completely shut down and there's not been any articles on there since so kind of crazy how that happened but you know it was fun whilst it lasted it, it was very fun i didn't realize at the time like how lucky we were to have an, an editor like danny mm. like he was so good mm. every after every time i was like hey lucas here's what you got to work on or i did an analysis piece I was like hey make sure you do this that i didn't realize like not everybody is that good like when you have someone like that you have to you know cherish them Oh yeah, Danny was good because that was my first, you know, I did my own like blog and then Cage Page is my first site. And I was like, I think I was about 18 at the time. So when I had someone like Danny, it was like, you know, this guy is helping me and everything I do. And I'm like, I'm not the only one who's doing this for like you and other guys at the site. And he's like our age too. It wasn't like, you know, yeah. he has like a veteran of the game. He was like trying to do what we're doing, like writing as well, whilst he's taking on this workload. So it must have been, you know, effort for him. And I'm, I know he's doing well now. He's commentating in New, uh, New York. I think he's on ESPN Ithaca and stuff. So he's doing good. It is crazy to me, like seeing where everybody ended up from there. Because if mm-hmm. you look, like, I mean, a bunch of people went to do MMA today. I think what was his name? Tony sold mm-hmm. the website. Now he's a Bitcoin guy. Like, yeah. so many, so many people are super successful from that, and it's it's a shame because you know they could have cultivated talent if they just you know stuck with it. Mm. Yeah, no, I know. I'm trying to think who else is. I know a lot of them because as soon as um we left with Cage Pages, they Cage Side Press went up, and I remember I did a few articles there, and then that's when I got onto latest. But a lot of them are still there. I know, like, Jay Anderson's there, Eddie Law's there, etc. But, yeah, um, God, yeah, it's weird to see how, you know, we all went different ways. But, uh, you know, you're the one of the only ones I really keep in touch with still. So it's crazy, that, you know, where we come to. I'll never forget when you said, uh, you told Eddie Law, you're like, man, you sound just like Nick Diaz. <laughs> ever ever yeah. since that day, every time I heard him, all I could think was like Stockton 209. I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I remember. We, we all used to have some good chats in, in the Slack page, but I think that's kind of where it all went downhill, yeah. I remember. so. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing is that, you know, I tried to come back and instead I ended up with Fansided, which, you know, it was by accident. I was like, fuck it, I'm here. And uh, I realized like their group chat, they don't play. It's literally just mm. news. And I, I remember there was talks of uh, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, but it came from the Sun. And since, you know, I follow European football, I'm like, I know the sun is it's not mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. So everybody was like, what do you guys think? Blah, blah. I was like, yeah, the sun's not really reliable. 
all of a sudden, you know, I can't see my message anymore. And I check like my email. It's like, hey, Lucas, we don't say stuff like that here. Who do you think you are? I was like, wow. And it's exactly the person you think it is, too. I was like, wow, man, I'm just saying I'm just talking shit. But okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. In the cage page of Slack, it was like, you know, obviously we were younger and stuff, but maybe maybe very naive, but it was kind of more like a, a friend's chat. I know, you know, all, you also have to bear in mind, like, we were just contributing to the site. It's not like any of us yeah. would be paying stuff, you know? So, like, they can't really expect a, you know, a work environment. We're just having a bit of fun. And also, we didn't really have, like, a Facebook chat. That's where we just joked around, you know? But obviously, I know there's a few people who didn't like that, but we had, you know, we had fun with it yeah you showed me those messages and everything blew up and it was just mm-hmm. oh man and and just everybody everybody went off it was it was incredible mm. i couldn't believe it yeah i know i remember that it was you know i enjoyed cage pages you know it was my first uh, again it was like a bit sad the way it ended but it was my first yeah. proper site you know a lot of the stuff we did there like i was you know doing post-fight reports and it kind of seemed like i was like am i doing this the right way and like you know all these years later like i was obviously there's stuff i was doing wrong but the base you know like the foundations of it were right you know but then the, the thing is, if we can follow each other until, until you know, we both went our separate ways because when you went bloody elbow. But mm. MMA Latest, I feel like that was ca- kind of like Cage Pages, but it was another level. Like, mm. you know, Matt was obviously a great editor. Jim, mm. Jim was around. And he was a legit person. And then kind of weirdly stopped out of nowhere as soon as Matt left. Yeah. And just, man. Yeah, MMA Latest was a big one, you know, when I, I kind of did a few at Cage Side Press after the Cage Pages thing collapsed, and then I was like, you know what, we'll apply for MMA Latest, because a lot of the writers were UK-based, so it was perfect for me, and then, yeah, when I joined, like, I seem to sound like I was like a bad, bad luck charm for them, I joined and everyone kind of left, and then, you know, I was, what, like, 18, 19, and then it was, like, really me and Matt, Matt Wells, and we were like, you know, obviously we had some contributors and stuff, and I was actually covering an event here, covering Bama in London, so I obviously needed to, like, have um, published my own articles, and they needed to change your, like, you know, preferences for that, so I was technically an editor as soon as they did that, but I thought it would just be for that, like, one event, and then kind of what happened after that is I just kind of became an editor, so I was like, all these people who are writing for the site, which I was before, you know, because it was obviously Matthew had a massive workload he was like can you just you know get these guys articles up which led to another thing and all of a sudden I was like I don't even really know what I'm doing here and I'm publishing other people's work so it was you know they had a good a good platform I just think it kind of you know for the for the wrong reasons it didn't really go anywhere and it's I think it's yeah it's defunct now so I, I remember like I wrote an article about John Jones and I get a message from you and you're like hey man just published it good work fixed a few things like what the fuck are you talking about like why is he <laughs> doing that and then it was like mm. Once I became an editor and I realized like I'm not very good and I'm editing, I was like, that's a problem. That's that's mm. how I kind of knew from there. Like, ah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think like I don't, you know, I, I knew a few of the writers. I didn't know all of them, but I'm like, how can I be publishing these guys' work when like they might they'll probably do more, know more than me at that time? So I'm like, this is kind of obviously that's just because the site was kind of slowly falling apart at this stage, and you know they needed to get the work out and stuff. So I understand it, but. Yeah, I was kind of like, this is this shouldn't be happening. I'm like publishing people's work, and I'm I, they definitely like know more than I do. So <laughs> that was the thing is it kind of led to you know at some point if, if you're smart enough you take it seriously you realize like you need an editor you need a guy that's gonna be like look man you're making mm. mistakes and and Matt was like that he was like Lucas download Grammarly do this do that and that was mm. very helpful but. Once I was on my own, like, I- I'm glad those articles don't exist anymore. But you'd read them back. You'd read them back. You'd be like, oh, my God. Like, you know, this one never happened if someone was there. So I'm pissed about certain ones because I got some really great interviews. Lawrence Larkin, Francis Ngannou mm. that don't exist anymore. But also, I'm, I'm kind of glad they don't exist anymore. Yeah. I used to, funnily enough, do this thing. So 
um, I always wanted to have like a backup of my work. It was kind of pointless, but I mean, I've still got them printed out on paper. So what I would do is as soon as the article was published, I would just copy and paste it into a Word document. I mean, the format would be all over the place because obviously, you know, ads on the page, like the words would jump all over the place. But I just wanted to have a hard copy. So I literally have it like on my shelf right there. It's all the stuff from Cage Pages, all the stuff from the memory list news. Yeah, just in in paper form. But like, I obviously never really looked at it, but it would be cool to look back on. But because like you said, you know, you go on any of the like web links for the articles and they're gone. So it's sad, but I mean, I got them in paper form. Not like you said, I'll probably be looking through them anytime soon. I think the coolest thing at MMA latest was when they sort of gave us that freedom of like, you know, if you guys want to reach out to fighters, if you mm. want to do interviews, like when we went through our hunting down interviews phase, yeah, that was so much fun. We got some crazy names. We got some good, it, that that to me was so much fun. Like you, you'd get certain names. You'd be like, there, there's no way. And then you just mm-hmm. get excited. Then you'd get scared. Cause you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. But that was, that was so much fun. We got some good oh. ones too. Mm, yeah i was such a weird because like i was like this is very surreal i went from like having like my first interview you know obviously sorted through the bellator pr guys who are great and then they're like yeah you can kind of seek interviews yourself i was like right how should i do this so i kind of just put yeah. together like a formatted message you know like hello i'm a writer da, da, da. you know i'd love to talk to you ahead of your fight and just message the fighters on i would do everything i'd be like find facebook you know find um instagram see if their instagram dms are open find if their managers are open and for every like you know 10 fighters i message one mate one might reply but that's all that matters you know like you get one reply i'm like this is a great interview so then it would kind of went from not interviewing anyone to interviewing someone like you said michelle waterson for me in a in a tank top <laughs> in a tank top because for, for the people who don't know I'm sure the interview is on my YouTube. Actually, it will be on my YouTube channel, but the video won't be for that reason. Um, I I remember I, I called Michelle Waterson and I thought it was just going to be an audio interview. And she put a video on and I was like, oh, I was like, I can't just have, you know, I can't be the interviewer and just have her in a video on it. She's not looking at anyone. So I was obviously I was young at the time, but I was in a vest on my bed with my iPhone, like camera moving all over the place. I mean, the, the, the interview is fine, but it, without the video, you know, if you put without the video, it's fine. But you put the video on, I'm like, they're probably like, oh, my God, how is this? You know, like 50, 50 probably looks like a 50 year old boy getting interviews with Michelle Watson. But, you know, we live and we learn. You know, I've got a half OK background, not as good as yours. now, But, you know, it's better than a vest and a shaky iPhone. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, I mean, you probably did. Unfortunately, like I, I've tried to go back and watch the first sort of video interviews because there was some surprisingly big names like Mark DeCasey, Israel Adesanya, mm. and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my god, how how did I publish this stuff? How are they okay doing it? Like the audio's mm. bad, the background is crap. I mean, it just. To be fair, I was wearing regular clothes though, so I mean, you know, I have mm-hmm. that over you. But some of them, you're just like, that is crazy how we were able to book some of these guys. Like, holy shit. Yeah. I know, yeah, it's weird. I don't really know how we did it. Like, again, like the whole thing now is like, you know, you have an interview, you know how it is, you know, set up, make sure you set up on time and, you know, like yeah. audio's good, da da da, la da, you know the deal. But back then, it was just, I, mean, I guess we were young and naive as well. It's, it's quite funny to look back at though, you know, like I know, yeah, some of your biggest ones were like, you know, I, I think it was with Flow Combat, was it not? Yeah, that's the thing is sort of, you know, with MMA latest, I was starting to get with big names made the switch to Flow Combat and the names got even bigger. So mm. it was kind of like everything happened at the same time. Mm, yeah, I remember it was with Flow Combat because you got one with Izzy and like, uh, fun enough for the people who don't know, I remember I used to post your um, your articles on Reddit because for some reason, right, the yes. MMA, yeah, the MMA, Reddit MMA mods are very, very strict to put it, like, to put it yeah. you know, nicely. And 
you know I, that was one of the ways we would get traffic though you know especially yeah. at a site that didn't get one because reddit mma is huge and like as long as you put like you know, a unique spin on it i even remember they used to have a three to one rule so you have for every one bit of your own work you have to post you have to post three others so obviously you know i admit this now i just used to find some random news and be like right i've posted this this and this it means i can post my own one now but um those those would get good interviews and i remember like even looking at the threads on your ones all the comments would be like some like co- almost like confused at your Adesanya ones. Like, how is this like teenager, like twelve year old, getting interviews with uh, Izzy? But like they were saying, like it's good. But like, how does he get them? They're so confused, you know. But I think a lot of the replies were just like, you probably just you know, just reaches out. Like you know, you're not gonna. What's the worst thing they could do? Say no. I tell you what, there's a few I've, I've hunted down. Like Israel, like the whole week leading up to his debut, and I'm like, I have to get on. This guy's mm. clearly gonna be a star. I have to get on there. And luckily, someone gave me his manager's email. And, you know, because I know how emails work, I told his manager, I was like, yeah, if you want to just, you know, I message me since you're in New Zealand, maybe it's, I'm in France, maybe it's easier. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I get a message, hey, Lucas. I'm like, that's not my name. Let's <laughs> fuck it. Uh, I'll take it. And, uh, and man, I was able to text him like, instead of like six interviews with Israel, I got, I got kind of greedy. I'm not going to lie to you. But leading yeah. up to, until he fought Anderson Silva, it was just, everybody's like, how the fuck does he keep getting Israel? I'm like, look, I'm going to ride this train as long as mm-hmm. I can because, it won't work anymore today, but back then it was it was incredible when it was happening. I'm guessing that's what the recent tweet was about with being called Lucus instead of Lucas. Every every time I'd be like, "Hey Eugene," he'd be like, "Hey Lucas," he'd be like, "Come on!" And <laughs> my mom was telling me she was like, "Just spell Eugene wrong," like you know, a little bit of a power oh, yeah. move, like, like "Hey Huge," you know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I can't do that. I'm not in a position to be like you know strong arming you know fucking Eugene Bearman, but. Yeah, yeah, it, it it was funny to me. I was just like, "Who do you know named Lucas?" I mean, seriously. <laughs> crazy uh they could call you out of thing they want i guess as long as they say yes to the interview you probably don't right. care you know yeah, yeah i remember that that was so like it was so it felt so obviously izzy's huge now but like i remember when you interviewed him i was like god look it's like i really want to interview izzy could you be so like you know kind of get and you're just like yeah just message him on skype i had his i literally if i still logged into skype i know no one uses it anymore i just messaged him and then i was like oh you know who i am on interview and he was like yeah sure and i was like but obviously now it's no. just different you know like i guess you know it it's advantageous because if you ever speak to him again, say you go to an event, he's fine too. He'll probably, you know, you'd like to think he'd recognize you, maybe yeah, not. You'd hope so. You know, but I mean, it's good to, you, know, you never know where that could have gone. You know, he could be giving you regular interviews all the time now, but you know, you can't complain. It was, you know, at least you got him earlier on. Here's the thing too, his manager now, Tim Simpson, that's someone I got mm-hmm. in with early. Like I sent him a message like January, 2018. And I was like, Hey, I'm hoping to interview Jimmy Manoa. I mean, it's not very realistic, but I'm like, fucking mm. try it. And he's like, yeah, I've got this guy, Leon Edwards. He's doing some media. Wow, yeah, yeah let, let me get this Leon guy. It was before yeah. um, he fought like some German dude that thought he was Jamaican or something. Uh, P- Peter Sabota or something yeah, like Peter, that. Yeah, Peter Sabota, yeah. I, I didn't remember what the story was, but it was kind of weird. Like you're fighting a Jamaican and you're saying you're yeah. a Jamaican, you know, whatever. And then before you know it, it was like, you know, there's a connection with Tim and, you know, you could hit him up and ask for stuff. But yeah, as mm. soon as he gets the champions, though, that's a little bit different. Everybody starts getting stingy and... And I think mm-hmm. Israel, like, up until he became champion, gave everyone the time. And then he was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's understandable. Obviously, because you think he, I mean, there's probably a lot of people like you that he gave, you know, yeah. regular interviews. But it's just, it's hard when you get champion. I'm sure they, obviously, are probably in a contract, they have to do a certain amount of media. But when the champion, I guess, like, why do more than that, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think, too, like, is it worth it? Like, you do an interview mm-hmm. with me, let's be realistic, like... You know, maybe it's a little bit different, but are the views really justifying yeah. that you gave me 15 minutes of your time? Probably not. So that, 
you know, you have to be real with yourself, but it is cool to look back and say, I got it. The only thing that I hate is just the quality wasn't good. You know, you wish mm. you could go back and do it again today. Like, look, there's a real microphone. It's not my yeah. phone recording it. Like, look, actually, you know, I'm not looking off to the side, but like, fuck it. You know, you just, you, that's something you can say that you did. Mm. Yeah, no, it is crazy. And I mean, it's, it's, it would be nice if they kind of recognize and like catch you on as a regular interview. But yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean, and it would also be nice if like we knew what we were doing back then. So we'd yeah. like, yeah, this is my like high quality, you know, good microphone, good audio, good video interview. But instead, it's like, you know, just focus on the fire, don't focus on my video. It's kind of what you're telling people. Yeah. I mean, at one point, like I was doing it from my apartment and, you know, the apartment, like it's not huge. So, you know, I have my bed in the background. I don't have a choice. Enough mm-hmm. people were telling me about how I made my bed and criticisms on how I can do better that I was like, nah, I'm, I'll do it from my kitchen. I, I can't, you mm-hmm. know, I can't have people critiquing my technique on how I threw my pillow on my bed. It's like, that, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah, no, it is crazy. And I mean, that's the thing with putting stuff on is like, you will get critiqued for everything. Like if you don't have this right, if you know, even, even if you had a good background, if you asked the wrong question like yeah. they'll pick on that and said but you know it comes with it it's something that i've kind of learned since going to the mirror because they're a big site is like like of course everyone reads like you know comments on their, on their own work but sometimes you just gotta like look and just almost laugh and be like at least you actually someone's actually commenting on your stuff like regardless if it's hate <laughs> or not it's like you know it's attention so whatever the, the uh, going back to those interviews like i think the craziest one i ever got at may latest was francis Ngannou. like mm. i remember that when i put it in the group chat i was like i got francis and you know, Steven was like, get it on video, get it like, oh, yeah. hold on, man. I was like, hold on. I don't know how to do all that shit, man. I'm just happy I got this. Like, yeah, I have his phone number. Like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. that one, that one was insane. And I was tricky for that one because I found out Fernand Lopez was following MMA latest. So I sent him a message oh, in France. Yeah. I was like, let me be a little slick. Like, you know, bonjour. Uh, and, you know yeah. and he hit me back in English. Like, you know, what can I do for you? <laughs> so I was like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, and I got Francis like with MMA latest before the, what, what the title fight? I think before Stipe. And I oh, thought yeah. I was hot shit, man. I was like, this is it. I'm part of the club. And then a, a media member was like, we all talk to Francis. Why does anybody uh, give a fuck about yours? I was like, <laughs> oh, all right, damn. But yeah, I, I mean, talk- you, you joined the club, you know? I mean, that that's the thing. You just, you want people to respect you and not like, uh, who's this child that mm. somehow got Francis's <laughs> phone number and got his time for 10 minutes? You wanted to be like, oh, of course, Lu- you know, Lucas was MMA mm. latest news. and But nah, <laughs> not at the time yeah i mean it does i mean it's a good thing you spoke to him now i feel like yeah. sometimes you kind of do have to like pinch yourself like i was on i didn't actually have an exclusive with francis but like i spoke we had a kind of had like a round table so for people to know how that works you basically get like one or two questions or like there's like a group of like 10 you know 10 15 reporters you all get to ask one question each and i was kind of like right i've got this time with francis like, i need to ask like a good question so like obviously researched it and stuff and then obviously it's pinned to my prayer people can go watch it like i asked him the question about his coach because i was like why is no one asking this like his yeah. coach had literally said the day before like he looks as fr- to francis like a son and um I don't know, like, obviously, you know, when, as soon as he said, like, he said what? And I was like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> in the back of my head, I was, uh, what I was thinking was, please, like, tell me he actually did say this. Because, like, if I said yeah. that he said, he said this and he didn't say it, I'd be like, oh, my God, like, my career's over. I've just, you know, it's, that is clickbait, Harry. Like, you said, you know, I've just said something that he's just not said. So then I said it again. And then after, straight after the interview was done, I looked, I was like, please just look, like, tell me I'm not going crazy. Yeah. I just looked to make sure the comments are real. And they were real. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I put the, the clip on my Twitter account and like went to bed and then next morning I was like, oh my God. I expected it to get like, I don't know, like, you know, like 50 likes because it was a funny clip and stuff. It was the exact same clip as like he did an interview, year, I don't know how long ago. And he was, I think it was with Aero and he's like, what the fuck is that? And he said the exact words. Oh, yeah. And then I looked and my Twitter was gone crazy. 
and everyone was laughing. I was like, it's exactly like what I wanted from it. And, you know, like you said, that just kind of, when people go on my Twitter now and they see that with Francis, it does give you that bit more professionalism. Like, you know, you spoke for these guys so, and with a okay background, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now, I had that recently when I talked to Rashad Evans, like today, interviews are like no big deal. You know what I mean? It's like you just mm. sit down at the right time and you just knock them out. But Rashad, I was pretty excited about that one. I was like, those mm. are guys that you were fans of before becoming media. Cause now we're not supposed to be fans of people. But that was like, you know, before, like, you know, I was watching Rashad on TV. So that one, that one was one of the rare where you're like, you know, holy shit, I'm about to talk to Rashad. Mm. Yeah. You know, like I started watching MMA quite late. Like I was, so I, I, I'm not really, it's hard to think off the top of my head. Like I've never been, cause I'm so focused on, I'm doing like speaking to people, like even like Francis, I can't like kind of fanboy in the moment. Like my whole focus is like, right, get yeah, your question exactly. clearly, yeah. you know, speak clearly after it. You can kind of be like, Whoa, I just spoke to, you know, like you, I just spoke to Rashad Evans, but like during that time, especially cause you record as well. You don't want to be like, Oh my God, I watch your fights before. Like yeah, you're a no, journalist, you know, you, no. you do have to be professional, but yeah, like I kind of feel like I start, my first event was that poster right there is Silva Diaz. So like, I was not one of these people who are watching MMA. Like, you know, obviously Rashad was still fighting then, but like he wasn't, you know, like a he, champion. He came stuff. back. He came back from injury, and it just wasn't mm. the same. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I've yet to kind of really have that. Like, I don't really know who you're thinking off the top of my head. Like, if I interview someone, I'd be starstruck. But then again, even though I might be, I just you, you try really hard not to show it. Like you, Rashad, you know, you just can't show that like fanboyism. It's weird. It's like you go into a zone. You're like, you know, before mm. it's like, holy shit, Rashad, you sit down and it's like, all right, Rashad Evans is this person that I'm talking to. Mm. I know what I want and the points I want to talk about. And then afterwards, it's like, all right, that was yeah. a cool moment. Obviously, I used the interview to try to get a free T-shirt just because, you know, you might as well. <laughs> but I don't think I'm getting a free T-shirt from him. But, you know, I'm, hey, I'm trying. You know, you want to toe that line of being professional and being entertaining mm. at the same time. And sometimes it works and sometimes sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's exactly like you said. Like I have always like right here, like a set list, set list of, que list of questions, like on a bit of paper, and I will go through them. But sometimes I just do have to think. Like obviously, you know, you want what's relevant, and you know, you yeah. don't want to be asking about oh, like when do you start? I mean, like, everyone kind of knows that they can find that stuff online. Like, and sometimes that does involve asking the questions that you think like oh they might not like this or that they've probably been asked this a million times. Just like even for example, just like the whole Jake Paul thing. Like if Jake Paul says he wants to fight this guy, like. I might not want to ask him about that, but it's what's relevant. You kind of almost, yeah. you almost have an obligation to do it, but like, yeah, you almost do forget that you're speaking to at the end of the day, like a person. So, and I feel like some at, at the start when I was speaking to people, that was kind of hard to do that. And because I was so fixated, no matter what they said, I'd be like, okay, read the next question. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, but like nowadays, like I've some of the best really like lines that I've actually used have been through following up and stuff. So I guess you kind of learn that it's just doing it more and more, you know? Well, the thing is, you know, I was with MMA World, which I don't know if you follow them or not, gigantic YouTube channel, gigantic oh. fan base, love to shit on me while I was there. And they, the thing is, so you can take certain things. They're like, your audio is shit. Mm. I don't like hearing it, but you're right. I can do something about that. And they're like, oh, this guy sounds like he's reading questions. It sounds like that because that's exactly what I'm doing. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, let me try to do it without questions. But mm. it's tough because you go based on what the fighter tells you. And sometimes mm. you'll miss important news bits that other people can pick up in quotes. And it's just... Mm. At first, I was terrified. It was like starting, a, it was like a interviewing Brendan Ward again for the first time. Yeah. You're just in there sweating and you're like, you know, remember who this person is, a mm -hmm. ask the right question. But now, now today is no big deal. But back then, you get sweaty, you get nervous. And then I remember my first interview, you mentioned it was Brendan Ward. I was sweating, I was pacing around my house and I was saying corny stuff like, you know, do you want to be an MMA journalist? Do you want to do this? You know, you, you have to do stuff like this. I mean, it's just ridiculous looking back mm. on that stuff. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I remember mine. I, who did I, I told someone this story recently. I think it was my colleague Donna. Um, uh, my first interview I did was with a guy called Jose Seja. He fought. With, no one will probably know. He has no disrespect. Well, he was for, was he with um? Cage pages that summer was it Combate who used to? Yeah, he was with. Him well, there, there yeah. we go. I mean, someone yeah. knows who he yeah. is, you know. But obviously, he's not like high, high level. But yeah, no, he was no, with Combate. Yeah. Maybe yeah, he was. I, I don't know how I got him. It was probably just on an email and just like a list of fighters to speak to. But yeah, I was like, oh my god, I can. I was like, I'll speak to anyone. Like this is my first ever interview. Like, I don't care who it is, even if I find their like their fight information off some weird page. Like I don't care. Like he was like. You know, it was okay, but like it was my first interview. That's what mattered to me. So I was like, right, get all the questions down. And I didn't even think about this when when I was doing it. He, I just sent my number to the R guy, and I got a call from like American number. Obviously, I'm in the UK, so I looked at my phone book afterwards. And I was like, oh my god, like I've just been on the phone for like 20 minutes to an American number, and I got charged like 20 quid, which is like I don't know, like like 35 dollars but i was kind of like you know what? i don't even care because i've done an mma like i've done an mma interview like i was kind of proud of it but yeah it's weird looking back on it i did it over the phone like i could have just said can we just do it through whatsapp but i was so fixated yeah. i was just like i don't really care so i had something similar with israel because the first time i talked to him was over the phone then after that it was skype and the thing is i wasn't thinking i was in france called a new zealand number and it wasn't until a month later my grandfather was like who the fuck are you calling in new zealand that's costing me over 100 euros <laughs> I'm like, I don't know anyone in new, oh. and then and then I was like, oh no, mm. and that's that's back when you know I was in a university and stuff, and there's, mm. you know, what is this waste of time MMA stuff? How do you explain mm. to them like, oh, I did a 15 yeah. minute interview with Israel in New Zealand, and now I have to pay 100 uh, 100 euros for it? Just ridiculous. I think even if you showed like them now to people who don't really you know know about MMA, they'd be like, you'd be like, oh, look at him now, like he's got you know, five million Instagram followers. They'd be like, yeah, like and like, you know, because I mean, I obviously Israel's a big fire and stuff, but like I was speaking to a friend, even in New Zealand, like MMA's like not really a big like rugby is their big sport. Like even when um Izzy won on the weekend, like it's not on the front page or anything. It might be in the sports section, but like so like you said to you know us like. You, the fact that you interviewed Izzy, like hell, I, I might have paid a hundred euros back then, even if like I knew it was paying, even if I knew it was that expensive, I probably would have done it. But like, yeah, trying to prove it to someone who doesn't have a clue is like, uh, you're almost like selling them something that you just know they're not gonna buy. Uh, France, France was the worst for that, like in terms of nobody knowing anything, because you know I don't really talk about covering MMA in my personal life, but every now and then something pops up, and all people knew was uh, Mayweather versus McGregor. That was Ooh. it. And it was like, what is that? Some kind of kung fu? And then I don't want to sit here and sell you MMA for like an hour or so. You'd be like, ah, yeah, you know, it's a thing. But it was the worst. Even French people, because French Singanu used to pretend to be French at one point before he was like, <laughs> ah, fuck it. I'm, I'm from Cameroon. But even then you're like, you know, is this French heavyweight? I'm trying to sell French Singanu mm. to a whole to the southwest of France and nobody's buying it. Somebody gives a shit. Mm. Yeah, it's weird that you say that because I literally had an, like an email from just um some a university student in France he was kind of doing some like stuff for his dissertation and it was all about like French MMA and stuff and even though it's legalized I think like what January 2020 he was like just saying you know I kind of it's all, it's all about development of MMA in France and I was just saying to him I don't really know you know maybe you know more of like how when it's going to become a mainstream sport I even interviewed um, Czech Congo the other day and he was kind of confident that it would be like an MMA sport but doesn't know how long you know because the yeah. whole violent stuff and I don't know really maybe you know about like MMA in France more I know they've got areas I see and stuff but may, I'm guessing like the general public probably like when the UFC was about just look at it it's like violent well the thing is France has like a history of martial arts like judo is big over there yeah. probably not probably not the best example but a lot of people box and stuff like that so mm. it makes no sense for it not to be bigger and I think we need like our our version of Conor McGregor and I love yeah. Cyril Gann, but that's 
that, you know, he doesn't talk like that. You know what I mean? He's, he's our Anthony Joshua, literally, when you look at him. But mm. we need that that guy that everybody's going to be behind. And I don't know, but it made me think, too, of uh, – I don't know if you watched the press conference with Francis versus the French media. Yeah. The, oh the, whole time, the whole time I'm like, you guys, like, I was in France during France and Ghana's rise, so I know mm. who covered him and who didn't. And all of you guys right here, like, oh, won't you represent France? Like – you guys did not exist, you know, four or five mm. years ago or wherever it was like, and, and still, still probably don't even cover anybody else. Mm, yeah. That's that. Cause he was basically saying, I think I even spoke to when Casey O'Neill, she, I can't remember the word for choose for it, but like, it's almost like when Francis wins, he's French and he loses, he's, you know, like Cameroonian, yeah. like they'll hop on the band, bandwagon when he's doing well. I don't know why that is. Like it's a weird one. Obviously he's fighting, um, you know, like you said, Cyril, so maybe it's because of that. Maybe that, you know, he kind of understandably Cyril is like the poster boy. But I feel, I don't know, it would have been interesting like if if Francis was fighting someone else to see if the French media, especially at that event, maybe would be less, you know, harsh on him. And especially because that journalist literally like misquoted him. And the fact that Francis actually called him out on that, like, and bear in mind, you know, English is his first language. And he was like, so picked up on that because the guy yeah. was like translating quite fast. And he picked up on that and it was like, oh my, I was just, I, as soon as I was watching that, I was just like, oh, I was like, oh, I, if I was in that journalist's shoes right now, I would be like, oh my God. I've just, just, just disappear. Just stop yeah. existing. Just, uh. yeah. <laughs> Cause that was bad. Cause even, you know, he tried to like, like, fair enough. He tried to stand his ground, but like Francis was not having it. Like he was just like kind of giving him blunt replies. And I was like, I bet he just sat down like, oh God, you know? Oh yeah, you feel you feel the cringe. You're like, oh man, he thought he, he you know he thought he did something. He was like, I'm gonna drop this line on Francis Ngannou in front of my whole country, and there and it just Francis had time that day. He was he was ready. Mm. Have you ever had a moment like that in an interview where you've kind of you know came into it, maybe not necessarily like been called out, but like you just thought like it would go really well and it just didn't. Uh yeah, but not not like not anything like that, but just where it's yeah. flat. You know what I mean? Where you think like, oh, mm. I'm gonna have a great rapport with this person, and we're gonna have good chemistry, and it's gonna be good. And you finish, and like, whoo, that was flat. Or you know, your timing's off. Like some people, they talk weird. Like Chase mm. Hooper has this thing where he'll pause as if he's done talking, and then keep talking. Uh. That's impossible. He'll be like, yeah, man, that's what I think about the situation. And then you know, in your <laughs> mind, you're waiting for the pause. And you're like, fuck. And I'm interrupting mm. him for ten minutes. And you're just like, I thought it would go so much better, and it just completely messed that one up why do you have one is that is that what you have a precise one in mind <sighs> kind of yeah i was interviewing i mean i was i don't know really why it was still okay and stuff but i was in interviewing demetrius johnson like, it's crazy it's one of my most exciting interviews like, oh my god i'm speaking to like Demetrius yeah. Johnson. this is when he was about to fight in one but i think he's about to fight adriana marias but then it got like delayed and stuff because of coronavirus yeah, yeah. but i was interviewing about him and obviously you know like I, I I made the stupidest mistake. Like for some reason, I thought he was playing in lots of like Warzone before. Like I was just researching. I was like, you know what? Like instead of just joining and be like, hello, how was your training going? I'd be like, oh, like you saw you. I saw you were playing like Warzone recently. He's like, no, I've not played that in like over a year. And I was just like, Oof. oh god. Like I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I just stumped me completely. And I was like, I just was just kicking myself. I was like, how did I like? I don't get that so wrong. And then like for the rest of the interview, I don't know. I was kind of speaking like I know you spoke to him about the the Cejudo stuff. I was kind of just trying to talk to him about the UFC because, like, obviously one's big and stuff, but the fact that, like, you know, he built his legacy in the UFC, like, he's he's new in one. So I was kind of like, you know, what's your thoughts on, like, you know, the flyweights and, like, Henry Cejudo jumping around? He's kind of, he was just kind of like, um, oh, you know, I don't, I mean, fair enough. He's like, oh, I don't really, I don't fight for the UFC, so I don't really want to talk about that. And I was just like, oh, I was like, I'm, it's just, yeah, it just didn't go as well as I expected. Nothing bad on his part. Half, which is fair enough you know because that stage is over in his career and he doesn't want to talk about it some other fighters may but he just didn't want to you know you know what that reminds me of the first time i talked to aljermaine sterling which was the mma latest and 
you know, Al Jermaine's a cool guy and everything. He's a tough interview. People have never talked to him don't realize it. But I remember I was excited. I was like, here we go, Al Jermaine. There's so much stuff to talk about. He was so dry. I was like, mm. hey, man, are you excited for this fight? Yeah, man, just have to go out there and win. I was like, oh, no. And so mm. the interview is winding down, and it's just getting drier and worse. Mm. Like, well, if you didn't want to do it, why? And then I was like, oh, I see you don't have a manager anymore. Like, what's going on? 15 minutes just went completely off on first-round management and everything, oh like God. those guys. And then, you know, the thing, that's back when we didn't – well, at least I didn't know how to, like, ask a follow-up question. So it was yeah. just – well, my script says I have to thank you for your time. <laughs> and uh, it, like today, I would have jumped all over that. Back then, I was yeah. like, what? where was this? Like, you know, we did mm. we did 10 minutes of dry stuff. Oh, well, you know, where was this at? Mm. I just, that's things like that where you think like, oh, this person has to be a good interview and it just, it just mm. doesn't click. I think, yeah, sometimes like the thing we have to remember is like, you know, everyone like, obviously, like I said, there are only humans like, say they agree to an interview like a week before and they've had like, yeah. like a long day and they just can't be bothered. It's like, oh, you know, you so you might catch them on a good day. You might catch them on a bad day. I actually do think like when I was had the brief, you know, chance to speak to Francis during fight week, I don't know what, like this is maybe just my interpretation. I got like a feeling like he was like really frustrated. Like for example, like there was a report on the call. He had said several times in interviews, you know, like me and Cyril, like we trained together like two or three times. Like yeah. everyone says we were training partners. We literally trained together three times. It was for a fight and that's it. Like we weren't friends, we weren't training partners. So he like, as soon as his call happened, like he got a question like, oh, obviously, you know, you guys spent hours together in the gym and he just cut the reporter off and was like, you know, no, we're not trained. Like we've trained together three times. And I was just kind of like, maybe that's just because he was getting the same. Like it's like someone telling you something isn't true over and over again. That's maybe why he was, I feel like if I asked him the wrong question, I'll be like, you said, just like, please disappear. Because like, I would just get roasted on the spot. But like, I think that's why I mean about like, I just wanted to get my question right. Because I could yeah. feel like, obviously it was a few days before his fight. Everyone was kind of writing him off and stuff is, you know, like it was last fight on the deal. And then I felt like if I asked him the wrong thing, I was just going to get absolutely slated. But thankfully, you know, I didn't. So that, That's the thing that that's a theme I'm noticing with more and more fighters like Derek Lewis is famous about it, where he's like, I don't do media because you guys all ask me the same shit. And yeah. if you listen to like the biggest outlets, it's literally the same thing from everyone. And so mm. how do you convince them like, hey, you've never heard of me, but mm. I promise I'm not going to ask you, you know, what are your thoughts on the matchup and how's the weight cut? But mm. I'm seeing that more and more. And I guess I can't blame these guys for saying, look, I'm tired of answering the wrong stuff especially with Francis where it's like, how many times am I going to clear it up? Like it just, mm -hmm. I, you know, I get it. On a lot of these guys, I definitely get it. Mm, something I try and do, you know, obviously I get, you know, there's talking points and stuff like his contract. Like, you know, obviously I'm going to talk to him about his contract, but I, what I will do is say like, right, what has he done an interview like this week? If he has, I'll go and like watch it and just see what he has been asked. Like it, I want, so that way I can't ask him the exact same thing. It might, you know, he might give an answer to the question and I'll like, you know, I can write down a follow-up but it's not the exact same thing. But obviously, like you said, I feel like that's why they do get frustrated because literally with that fright week for Francis, he was getting asked about, you know, is this any different because you used to be training partners like all the time. And yeah. he said like, and he literally said like, we weren't training partners. We trained together like three times. And obviously, you know, him and Steve, they had that kind of thing at a, at, the, at a press conference where like they they always argued over what a training partner was. And Cyril looked like almost quite sad, but I it was quite funny. I was just like, oh, you know, it shows you how nice of a guy he is. But, you know, oh, uh, yeah, it was it was funny. But like I said, it just all goes down to I try and watch the previous interviews and just avoid asking them the same thing. I, I do the opposite because I feel like if I watch it, I'm going to get influenced by it because I'm like, mm. oh, he said something interesting. Now I'm going to want to ask mm. him about it. And it, so it's like I just go in there blind. I mean, do mm. my research, obviously, but I'm like, you yeah. know, that way I, I can, won't accidentally copy anyone because 
it's true. I mean, if it's fight week and everybody's asking you about your weight cut, you're like, bro, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're going to find out when I weigh in. Like, does anybody actually care about that? But I think a lot of it is people want to have that exclusive quote. Like, he says mm. he's not training partners. We've heard it from seven different websites, but now I yeah. need to have that exclusive quote, too. Mm. Yeah, no, I get you. You know, it's, uh, it's a hard one. I, I, I guess that's why they are like saying i don't want to do media and stuff like i think was it is he yeah is he said before his fight he was like now that i've got my own i don't know if he was it, i don't know if you were about to talk to it like he's like oh now i've got my own you know like youtube channel so people can't like kind of twist my stuff and shit like yeah, I, yeah. Like, I, I, re I replied to it i replied to it actually he was like what was it interrogations from weirdos yeah I, yeah I was like oh i i thought you said it was endearing what happened so <laughs> but yeah you know, i get it it's like it comes with it it comes with you know well, that's why they do their YouTube channels too. Like you've seen like Sean O'Malley and stuff. They do mm. their YouTube channel. People pull their quotes and there you go. You don't have to do media. You can literally mm. just talk to your friends in a safe space kind of. Mm. I feel like that, you know, not like not being selfish, but at the same time, yeah, I am. Like I feel like that's actually kind of like bad for media people because, yeah. you know, you see it like Bisping, Paddy Pimblett's got one now, like Izzy's got one. Like if these guys have kind of realized now, like, you know what, like, I don't even need to do media. I can just yeah. upload my own vlog, get my own brand, get my own views, you know, like, I don't know if they're getting paid for it, like it might not be whatever, but at the end of the day, they have their own brand. So like, you know, why do they need to do interviews with us? So it's kind of like a good idea on their behalf, you know, not encouraging like all of them to do it because I want to still speak to them. But um, yeah, it's kind of a good idea for them because again, like I've done so many, like, like not so many, but countless articles on like Bisping saying stuff because he like, and oh my God, Chael Sonnen, like the amount of done his is just crazy. Like Chael Sonnen is like smart because he will just put up so many videos about the current topics and you know yeah. like you know obviously in my form clickbait harry style like i you know hamza chamaya should do this dot 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 you know kind of stuff like that but again like it works because the sites pick yeah. up on it and it's like whereas that might be an exclusive like if i got that i'd be like oh my god i've got an exclusive with chelsea and all this he just puts it on his youtube channel and everyone can use it which is actually better for him as well because it's not just one site everyone's going to use it you know but Ch Chael's the worst about it because he'll literally just make shit up. Like how many times, yeah. like, I remember I wrote an article about like, you know, I try to be transparent because I don't trust Chael, but I was like, you know, Chael is saying that the UFC has found an opponent for Nick Diaz and he's like, oh, he's going to fight Kevin Holland. I was like, I don't trust him because he'll just make shit up on the spot. Patty Pimlet and Cowboy, I, he can pretend like, you know, that was going to happen. But, you know, we saw what happened. Patty's fighting someone most people have never heard of. So I, mm. I'm careful with him. I always try to, you know, Make it clear that this is something Chael's saying. This is not something official that's being reported because he'll just say whatever. Mm, yeah, that is funny. I feel like he, obviously he can get away with it though because that's whole persona. Yeah. I watched this clip the other day. It's actually, this is quite crazy. It's like typical Chael to do this. Um, Chris Lieben was telling the story. I don't know if you heard it. But basically like after like one of their like, fight or something, um, Chris Lieben like didn't have much money and like, you know, he's trying to make money. And he had like told Chael all these like crazy ideas and like crazy stories, sorry, in his life. And Shay was like, I, I tell you what, I'll give you like a hundred dollars if I could buy this story from you. But yeah. like the catch, yeah, the catch is like, you can't tell it ever like again. It has yeah. to be my story. So like he would go around telling this crazy story like, oh, my granddad did this, go into this. And like Chris Lieben obviously watching it said he was laughing and stuff because he knows it's his. And I'm just like, who thinks of that? Like who That's is so like, smart. I'm going to buy. Yeah, that is smart to be fair. Who's, I'm, I said, I'm going to buy this story off you for a hundred. Like that's only like chill that like, I can think of that. Because it's, it was, I mean, it sounds quite crazy but it's actually quite smart i know when i went to sports key that didn't last very long ended badly but when i was there like all of their stuff is mm. we found quotes from all of these videos and the, i kind of had an issue because it's like when i have to write a serious article about something brendan schaub said 
I have kind of a problem about that. Like the guy can't pronounce podcast and now I have to make a serious article about, you know, Brendan Schaub claims this, like some of those, it's like, do we really have to pull stuff from these people? Like some of these guys, like Patty, I get it on certain things, especially Mm. he says something about Jake Paul. We have to, but some guys it's like, come on. Like, I'm not really going to take a quote from Brendan Schaub trying to skateboard (laughs) one time. Like who gives a shit? Like it's, it's crazy how successful these people are being Mm. just 10 minute video. We're just talking about whatever. Yeah, I think it's just because, like you say, like, you know, Brendan's kind of like a big one in MMA today. Everyone likes to hate on him. But, like, again, it's because he's got – it's almost like he gets so much hate, people care about what he says. And then, yeah. like, you know, he says something like – I think he was speaking today about, like, how Hamzat could be a next McGregor. And it's like, you know, those comments, like, people will, like, be like, whoa, who said this? And it's like, oh, it's sure. But, like, I mean, but it's still you – know, it's <laughs> it still – out of it, yeah. Yeah, it take, does take the sting out of it. But, like, again – uh it's a hard one really because he's got a good brand going you know everyone likes the hate on him like again i know he can't say stuff like, like you know pronounces draw draw and this but like he's kind of crazy like for someone like and he was like you know he beat guys in the ufc and stuff but like since then he's got like his own brand really you know, like, below below the belt stuff you know the whole like thick boy stuff like it's kind of crazy you look at think like geez like yeah i know he can't like pronounce like certain words <laughs> and stuff and like some you get these like i know like bohashinia um deeper on twitter oh yeah <laughs> Oh my god! Like the clips are just like hilarious. Like God forbid, like me and Yara got that big. Because like if I had moments like that of myself, and I just like looked up, be like, oh my god! Because you think this is like what we do this for like an hour? Like you know, imagine doing that like this like seven you know like every day a week. You you see yourself all the time on there, (laughs) like all the time. Oh man. Uh, and the problem, the problem with some of the way Brendan Schaub says stuff is, I'll find myself saying it like you're not a drawl, B or TJ yeah. Dilla Shawl, and then and then you're just like, oh, nice guy, I never met him, and you're like, nah, I shouldn't, yeah. be, I shouldn't be saying shit like this. Yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> it's almost become like, yeah, like it, like you said, like if you said that to someone, they'd be like, what? But like it's, it's just like him, it almost becomes his own brand. It's quite funny actually, you know. But the thing too is, people criticize him, but you, there is something to be said about the the brand, like the fact that he mm. can just sit in a chair. You know, talk about MMA with stuff he's never researched and still get mm. like six figure views and stuff. Like it's crazy. Mm. And then you try to think like, how can I do that? But the issue is I don't really know Joe Rogan and I never fought in the <laughs> UFC. So we're kind of far <laughs> apart on that. But there's definitely things you can pull, even though everybody hates him. Oh yeah, for sure. I, you know, Sean is like a funny one. Like I used to love watching the stuff where it'd be like, yeah, like he'd say something, and be like, oh, this guy's like, you know, I don't think you ever win. And then Joe would be like, no, nah, I think he's great. And he'd be like, oh yeah, hundred percent, I agree. <laughs> it was just that. It's just. Do you know what? For someone like him as well, I think the reason why he's, he's big is because, like, again, it's laughing over it. He actually is 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 comic comedic, and even though he doesn't mean it to be, like, it just <laughs> is like for some reason he might completely have the wrong thing like he's trying to be you know professional stuff but it comes off funny and people want to watch it you know i remember sometimes i tune in like you know you have enough podcasts you just whatever what am i going to listen to below the belt and there was one where he was giving betting advice and i was like man if you're taking betting advice from brendan Schaub, who literally just found out 10 minutes ago who's fighting you're a fucking idiot like there's yeah. you know i get it's a sponsor but if you're listening to that like really like people like that you sort of have to put them into context like if you're coming to him mm. for hard-hitting like analysis you're doing the wrong thing. You go to Dan Tom, like, sure, that's the right mm. kind of person. But, you know, should you really be getting stuff like that from Shab? Like, I feel like you just got to put people. Some guys are entertainment and some guys are more, like, informative. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Like, I even saw, like, like you said, Dan Tom, like, you, the card last weekend was, like, hard to pick. Like, it was, oh, like, yeah. again, like, you know, I had, like, one title fight. But, like, all the ones I was, like, Jesus, like, Kanye Brunson. I went with Kanye. I was, like, of course, that was wrong. I, like, think Dan, Dan Tom got one pick wrong on the whole card. And I'm like, if I'm going to anyone for better advice, I'm going to him. Not like Sharp, you know, but like you said, yeah, I kind of have to categorize him. Like someone like, you know, if I want betting stuff, I go to someone like Dan Tom. If I want to like watch something, 
somebody, you know, a former UFC heavyweight pronounce, mispronounced stuff, I'll go to show up, you know? But people disrespect his career, though, man. He has some legit oh, yeah. wins. Like, uh, he mm -hmm. has some really bad losses, but, like, Knocking out Miracle Crow Cop, like mm -hmm. I don't care if you hate the guy, man. You got to give him his respect, especially mm -hmm. like the highlight is him bouncing his head off the canvas. Like it stings, but you have to give him his respect for stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I know, yeah, I know. Obviously, you know, like I can't remember what it was over. Maybe it was the whole like Rousey stuff with Dana. Like oh, I remember oh, Dana yeah. was Eskimo saying, like, brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Dana was saying like this guy was like a you know was like got knocked out x amount of times you see, but I'm like I could have sworn like he was a top like you know. It's something like again, it's crazy to think now, but he was a top heavyweight. Like you don't knock knock out Miracle Crow Cops by luck, you know. He's a legit guy. It's weird now because again, I didn't really watch it when he was a, a contender, but like yeah, I, I look at his below the belt stuff now, and then I'm like, this guy was actually like a, a good heavyweight fighter. People don't give him the props. It is funny, like because he's comedic now, you laugh and stuff. But it is it's kind of crazy. Like he generally was, you know. Well, the thing too is that he likes to. I mean, comedians lie, but his thing is it's tough to lie when we watched your career happen. And he's like, mm. "Yeah, you know, I walked away after Travis Brown because I was done." And uh, you know, I, I kind of got into him and made the same time you did. And I'm like, "Well, mm. I remember you saying that with the Raybok deal, you didn't want to come back, and he was going to drop mm. down a light heavyweight and fight John Jones." Which today we say that, and you're like, "What the fuck?" But <laughs> at the time, you were like, "You know, Brendan Schaub's athletic; he can do it." Like. Mm. So, you know, or Kenny Florian's one too. Like he, he's so like when you watch him in a suit and he's well coiffed and everything, you forget that some of these guys, like, oh yeah, these guys at one point were some of the baddest men on the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like I didn't really watch, you know, uh, Florian today, but like someone like Bisping, like I remember when Bisping won the belt, and obviously I guess a lot of like I don't really know. Like obviously people get into MMA like all the time, but like a lot of the new guys, because I think he retired after you know, uh, I think the Gaston loss, which yeah. is like late 2017. So you know, so like you say, people getting into MMA. For example, after Mayweather McGregor, we'll only see him in a suit, and then they don't see like the fact yeah. that even Shaw, like I know he's you know rarely in a suit, but like he was actually fighting like you know the best heavyweights, like legitimately the best heavyweights. He might be like a bit of a clown, you know, here and there, but he was fighting the best heavyweights, and goes just for the same with Florian, you know, or Kenny Florini, etc., you know, and all the other guys. So I think you know it brings us brings me to this point too, where we were talking about how we got into MMA, like. You know, all these mm. people are like, we've been watching it since 1993. Like, yeah. we're in our early 20s. There's no <laughs> way we could have done that. And so people, mm. they give us flack. But I think we got into MMA at the right time, like, mm. that people normally do, you know, around 15, 16, stuff like mm. that. Like, there's an, a, you know, how many eight-year-olds do you know are talking about Randy Couture? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, mm. oh, you guys are still new. It's like, yeah, but you probably got into it at the same age that we did. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to be that generation that's going to, well, ho hopefully, you know, replace some of these guys, mm. too. Yeah, that's it. Because obviously, you know, whenever people say about like, you know, the whole Mount Rushmore and stuff, it's like, oh, Fedor and like Franklin stuff. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like if I wanted to, I could go back on Fight Pass and watch every single one of their fights. But it's, you know, to, to inform myself and how good they were. But again, you got to put it into context. I wasn't around when they were big. So yeah. I couldn't only go off, you know, who was big when I started watching it. And like you said, I kind of got into it, you know, 2015 and stuff. So a lot of these, you know, if I don't say that, you know, I don't know, Randy Couture is the best like, heavyweight ever in the UFC. People are, oh, you're a casual, like, you know, do you not know that he did this and that? I'm like, oh, I mean, yes, I know it because I can look on Wikipedia, but no, I didn't watch it because I was about eight years old, you know? <laughs> like, it's, again, like you said, people don't really get into, you know, MMA that young. And uh, you forget when, I guess, obviously, you know, Brock was, was there before, like, Ron did stuff, but it was early days. I was watching football. I wasn't watching MMA, you know? I think it, plus you lose some of the context too. Like you mentioned Michael Bisping winning the belt for people that weren't watching when it happened mm. live. I think that's still one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Just, you know, I remember right to the stomach is famous left hook, yeah. Harry, Larry over the shoulder. 
like in at the time you're like this is the craziest shit i've ever seen but for people mm. that didn't watch it at the time with the right context like oh yeah he was champion nah you don't like i saw him on the the mount rushmore thing i thought that was a little weird but just remembering like just the odds of him becoming champion at the time like if you weren't around mm. you don't have that kind of context mm. yeah for sure i even think like you know i know obviously i wasn't watching it when it was but like for example i don't know like Vadum and um fedor like everyone yeah. like if i watch that now i'll be like whoa like yeah like i i know fedor like because i've i've looked at him but i've never really watched any fights whereas like if i was watching that live it would probably be the exact same as bisping rockhold you know you've got a guy who's like seemingly unbeatable like best you know middleweight and then you got someone like Bisping who, yeah, he always fails like whenever he fights someone good. And then he knocks him out in the first round on like what, like two weeks' notice. It yeah. just does. That's the thing. People looking at that fight now would be like, oh, yeah, I know like Bisping knocked out Rockhold. But like, yeah, but do you really know like how he did it? You know, two weeks' notice. Everyone would almost laugh at Bisping being champion, you know. And now it's the same yeah. thing with Fedor because we didn't, you know, we know that it was a massive upset, but we don't know how big it was in that actual time it happened. The, my favorite thing about Michael Bisping winning the belt has to be at post-fight press conference when he showed up with his bucket <laughs> of beers. And I think that was the last time they let everybody be at the same press conference. That oh, was incredible. Yeah. That might have been even mm. better than the fight. Just he's sitting there drunk off his ass, you know, just talking shit. I mean, I just remember thinking like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Mm. Do you know what? That's one thing. Like you said, we got into MMA at the right time. Obviously, I was still watching like all of those I'd watch on YouTube. But now, you know, like I'm I'm planning to go to events and stuff. Like if I could be in like that room, like with say in a, a crazy event like that, what watching all the fighters, like because obviously now it's just one by one. Yeah. You're half the time you're waiting like half an hour in between the fighters. It's like it's not the same. And you've got like Dana in, in the front. It's like literally looking at it now, we didn't really appreciate it when it's happening. It was just normal. Like to have that now, especially like say for example, a big card, I don't know, like 217. I don't I think they actually got rid of I don't even know if they had some still by then. But like, you know, like imagine seeing like GSP Bisping, Rose and all that. And being able to just ask questions to whoever, whereas now it's just one by one. So I wish I was like being able to cover events when I had. It's almost just like seeing everyone. You got like spoiled for choice, you know. Speaking of covering events, man, we have some. Well, I mean, I, I'm not 100 percent sure yet, but I know you have some exciting yeah. stuff coming up. Like it's it's mm. crazy. Like everybody's just getting thrown right into the deep end. Mm, yeah, I'll be going to 272 next month. So it's actually crazy. You know, again, people probably call me a casual. It's my first UFC event ever, which is crazy. Again, most people will not say going to their first UFC event they're going to cover it which is again lucky kind of crazy but it has I have supposed to been going to once in the past like I was supposed to go to UFC London 20 oh 2018 or 19 I think with MMA latest then shock what happens MMA latest collapse I didn't get to go uh you know then pandemic etc everyone knows about that but yeah it's um crazy I was just kind of like I really want to just cover an event and I was like do you know what let's see what's going on it was supposed to be 273 because Again, the whole location was up in the air, and I was like, you know what, we'll go. This two seven two one, I think, was supposed. To, there were rumors it was going to take it take place in New York and stuff, and then it got put in Vegas. And I was like, well, who's the headline going to be? And I saw it was Colby Masvidal. I was like, oh my god, like, do you know what? I'm just gonna. I just want to go to this. Like, this will be awesome. So, thankfully, I was. I've been sitting here for like two weeks, thinking like, you know, obviously it's a really good fight, but you know how things go. If that fight does, fingers crossed, it doesn't touch wood. If that fight like gets cancelled, that card is like weak. Especially now that you know, obviously Fazeev RDA got made, but imagine if that didn't. Like, you would literally have, I think, like, oh, what? I mean, no disrespect to them, like Kevin Holland and Alex Oliveira headlining a pay-per-view. Like, what? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. But yeah, so that would be awesome to go to. I know you're trying to go to ones of your own. Hopefully, you know, things will get approved. But I mean, I, I didn't want to be like that guy that's like, you know, trying to cover these UFC events and mm -hmm. people are looking. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you never covered anything. But being yeah. in France, 
we had nothing. People were like, go, mm-hmm. go to your regional show. The regional show is in a back alley behind a bar. Like, yeah, I can't go cover that. So, but this one I saw was in Jacksonville. I was like, Jacksonville is only seven hours. I'm willing to drive. And I was like, fuck it. I mean, but if I go, like, I'm not going to be one of those, you know, you're going to know I'm there. Like, I'm going to go to the fighter mm-hmm. hotel if I can figure it out, try to get mm-hmm. interviews. Like, I'm going to maximize that whole week if I can. Like, even though it makes me nervous because there's a difference between doing stuff on Skype and standing yeah. in front of a guy with your mic shaking in your hand like, oh, I'm Lucas. Like, <laughs> it, it scares me. But, you know, we have we have to get out there. We, You know, we're kind of people that live on the Internet. Like, you know, people haven't mm. seen us at these events, but it's, it's so important. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, that is it because it takes even with doing these it takes you know a while to get set up to these let alone doing it in person like imagine you know I, i've been to bama but i didn't really do you know the whole like video interviews and stuff like imagine trying to set up a, a tripod and it's not going to plan on here you just <laughs> click a few buttons like in there it's like it's pressure it is but and again to, to a lot of people who do it regularly they're like it's no pressure you just tell them to like oh can you just give me two minutes but like for me saying like if i had colby there I'd be like yeah just give me two minutes i just need to sort my camera like i'm like i'm wasting his time yeah. you know, it's pressure but again maybe for the people who do this on a regular you get to know people and it's you know, like doing these it's not as intense as it was when we started so but that's like it you just got to put yourself in the deep end and there is literally no better way of getting experience than go to it you might go i might go to the one next month and have a complete cock up and ask dana like a wrong question and him call me an idiot but you know then be made laugh and stock up but i mean it's better than not going at all you know I was looking at UFC 243, like some of the people that, you know, you might see in that if you can like, you know, jump on certain people to get five minutes with them, there's going to be some crazy people. There's going to be Eugene Behrman. So that's going to be mm. my time to confront him. Like it's, it's oh, Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's going to be there. Joe Rogan's going to be there. I mean, that one, mm. I mean, that's, but shit. I mean, if you can be the guy who grabs them, you know, go for it. But there's, mm. there's a lot of people where it's like, you know, I have to think like, you know, I want to maximize it to make sure that, you know, it's memorable and that, you know, I don't fuck it up most importantly. Mm. Yeah, no, that is it. And I feel like, especially with if you do go 273, like, it's a lot to take in because imagine if, you, you know, like, you're trying to interview, there's like, what, f- four champions on that card. Yeah, well, like, no, four, two two title fights. So, like, yeah. trying to fit all that in, like, you know, if you're like, oh, I need to interview this guy and then jump to the next one and, like, getting all the stuff set up. Because, again, like, even coming on here, like, I come in, like, five, ten minutes before, make sure my setup's good. Like, sometimes you don't get that luxury in person. You know, you rush for choice. you got to set things up and stuff. But like you said, it is pressure and you just got to, Go and do it. it. It would be nervous. I am kind of nervous for going there, but it will be fun, you know. Have you thought about how you're going to dress? Like, uh, I assume we're not going to see the tank top and the guns out, <laughs> but are you going to go the schmo route? Like, have you thought about what you're going to wear? Yeah, I've got some like massive, like you know, yellow, like funky glasses. Nah, I've got. I'm just going to wear probably just a shirt, you know, shirt trousers, no John Morgan blue polo. But <laughs> you know, for the people who don't, know, I know he only does that because so his son can see him on telly. So obviously, he's got a cop out on that one. But yeah, yeah like I'll just dress. I'm only taking a small suitcase, so it'll probably be creased like on every angle. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, I'll just go, you know, given it's my first UFC event, I will make an effort. You know, it's the least thing I could do, let alone because my interviews will probably be bad and I'll probably like, shh, you know, interview someone like that. So we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> at least we'll dress the part. That's all I can do. I thought about it, but every time I do something the first time, I fail spectacularly. So it's like, you know, imagine you're interviewing like the Korean zombie or Alex Volkanovsky and you fuck that up on camera and you're dressed mm. like shit. Like, you're forever going to be that guy that did that shitty ass interview. So it just, I know it's putting pressure on myself and stuff, but you definitely think like, you know, you want to make waves so people remember you, but you don't want to make too many waves. <laughs> they remember mm, you for the yeah. wrong stuff. No, I know. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't really like my car. I like have a content plan out there, but obviously, you know, I have a plan of what I'm going to do and like, you know, get a report, hopefully get a scrum. But when I'm there, things can go completely different because like we said online, you know, it's very simple. I organize an interview, you know, we got exact time and stuff. 
things it's fight week you know you, I, you know, we've been doing this long enough to know things do not often go to plan no. so you can only plan for so much but at least that's at least you can do on, on my behalf like all the fighters on the card i just want to because you never know who you're going to bump into you i might bump into colby and only get one minute and then someone like you know alex you know Oliveira, and have he might have like 20 minutes free and i'm like oh my god why did i not put notes down like even though it's not a big name you got like a usc fighter like alex Oliveira, and i've not even planned it so like my whole thing is like right like i want to try and get as much planned as i've done for all these fights in the car because you never know who you're going to get time with you know and the other thing too is, uh, you know, a lot of people, they mention it too. That's where you make connections. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even with just other people mm-hmm. in the industry, obviously you're on top of the mountain in terms of outlets. Like you're beyond the MMA industry. It's like, uh, oh, bloody elbow, never heard of them. <laughs> but uh, even that, it's like, you know, you want to make sure your colleagues aren't like, look at this doofus asking that dumbass question. You yeah. want to make sure people respect you when you're done with it. Yeah, no, I guess, you know, that does come with being like a place like the mirror, but that's it. I think, like I said, you can only prepare for that so much. And the whole way you're not going to be seen like a doofus like you say is you know you might mess something up like a camera might be blurry or something that happens but like the preparation for the questions i think is one of the most important things because pete there's been some like infamous ones like a usc fest and you can kind of tell who like the reporters are and the reporters are i remember once at like usc 195 some guy thought albert humanoff was like robbie lawler and i was just like oh my he got and called then, out by dana oh. white like that's the that's the worst oh yeah. man because he, he could have let it slide he was like oh no and dana white's like hold on Oh, that's it. He was going to end your career right there. Yeah. For say, speaking about being called out by Dana White, my uh, friend and colleague I write with Donna, like he, we were talking before and we were like, why has no one asked Dana about this, like Jake Paul discharge? And he was like, we thought, you know, he was flying out for, uh, he covered it in Houston and he only, but he only flied out on the day. And he was like, he was just expecting someone to ask him about it at the pre-fight press conference because he wasn't there and no one asked him it. <clears throat> so obviously after the fight, um, he was like, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. He was like, oh, I have to sneak in this question here because it's a big thing, you know. This 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 yeah. track got like over three three million views. The whole Jake Paul thing is relevant now. Obviously, the fights have just happened, so the, you don't just get the mic and be like, "What do you think of it?" You know, he tried to kind of get it in at the end, you know, like smoothly. And it was funny because then it was like, I'm sure you people have seen it, but then it was like, "No, I've not seen it." Whether he has or not, I don't know. And um, <laughs> and then he kind of called Don out on it, like, "Oh, like you know." Donna said it was intense. He was like, oh, "What is intense?" Mean? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah, that was like yeah. That he was Donna, like, "Did like, you like it?" It's like, "Oh no." Yeah, what are you, what are it kind of it kind of put Don on the spot, and he was just like, um, "Yeah, you know, it's good." Like, and then he was like, "I think you're full of shit." <laughs> and to be fair, Donna and Dana, like, you could kind of tell it jokingly, like, it wasn't it wasn't intense, like he was like cussing him and stuff. He was kind of laughing it off and stuff. But you know, that's it because like I don't know if I'd have the balls to ask Dana like, oh, what did you think of this disc tape in which Jake Paul is saying that you you know sniff cocaine and stuff like that's just like you know it's it's pretty ballsy. But again, it's just how you word it and stuff. You know, you didn't really ask it like half heartedly. It was pretty it was pretty jokey. But again it's it's um doing your research like I said whether that whether I'll ask Dana or something like that I don't know. <laughs> I think the worst part is when they ask you a question because you're you're not thinking oh, like God, I have to yeah. answer stuff. So it's like oh did you think it was good? Holy yeah, shit, I have to answer a question. I don't. I, and plus, yeah. what are you gonna say to Dana? Oh, it was dope. I mean, it was yeah, awesome yeah, how he yeah. portrayed you. And like, what are you gonna yeah. say? Oh, it's crap. You're sucking up to the boss. Like, there's no good answer. Yeah, aside from exactly. Just there's literally no good answer. And even if you say like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, it's hostile. If you're like, oh, it doesn't matter what I think I'm asking you, then you think like, oh my god, I just came off really like hostile yeah. to the UFC president in like what could be my own interview if he doesn't like me. And then like you said, if you say yes, like it's offensive. And if you say no, you're sucking up to. Him. So what are you gonna do? Just say nothing. Like you have to say something. And it's not like you're like, hold on, let me think. You need to answer on the spot. You know, because we do we ask all the questions. We don't think. You know, you only prepare for answers. You don't prepare for someone throwing it back on you. But so Dana was quite good at that half. It kind of it would have thrown me off. You know, 
I was watching it live and uh, I was like, I don't know what I would have said. I mean, I watched mm. it once briefly. I didn't really give a fuck about it. Like, I didn't think that much whether I liked it or yeah. not. I was like, okay, that was a thing I had to watch for my job. But you asked me, did you like it? I don't know. I don't know. I, know honestly, spot, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would have said. I would have probably just said like, uh, like, I mean, I would have, I mean, again, it's the thing I'm thinking right now. Like, you yeah. don't get that time to think. You just have to answer straight away. And you could say something, but I did not mean to say that. So, you know, Donna had it good. It was quite funny, so. He's got a highlight forever, though. He's gonna have that back and yeah, forth with exactly. Dana White, where he asked them, and and you know, and you mm-hmm. guys are gonna give him shit for it forever. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it all just comes of having like the balls to ask the question. You know, I mean, obviously, there's been a few like press conferences recently. I've noticed. I don't know really. Like, I think the two seventy one and the two seventy one press conference. A lot of the, I see like a lot of the comments. Journalists are getting like slated for the questions they're asking. You know, yeah. like who are these reporters and stuff. Like half of me agrees with them, but again, it just like. As much as some of the questions, I'm like, yeah, why would you ask that? Like, you have to have the boss ask question. Like, yeah. I can't go to the one at 272 and think like, oh, my God, all these YouTube comments are saying, like, these reporters are bad. I need to ask the right question. Like, there's going to be that no matter what you ask. You know, like, if, you, if for example, if no one asked um, Dana about that Jake Paul diss track, I guarantee you there'd be comments like, lol, imagine no one's asking about Jake Paul. They're all like, you know, be silenced by Dana and stuff. These reporters need to do their job. So literally, like you said, you can't win. You ask about relevant stuff like that. And they're like, oh my God, like, you know, why you talk about this? And then you don't. And it's like, you're sucking up to Dana. So. Well, there's a difference between relevant stuff and like, I don't want to call them out, but kind of like Helen Yee and all those people asking about like, can you tell us about the NFT deals and about oh, this new yeah. sponsor? It's like, mm-hmm. look, like we respect your work in the industry, but when you do shit like that, it's like, I mean, come on, who gives a shit about the sponsors? Mm-hmm. Like, And even, I forgot who it was where they were like, you know, he gave uh, Dana White a layup. <laughs> Dana White was oh, like, nah, yeah. man, oh. let's talk about the fights. Like, what are you doing? Like that, mm-hmm. for me, I can understand people getting mad at stuff like that. Yeah, I remember watching that. I think that was I must I think it was before the Ungarni one because that's when they announced it. And he was kind of like it was a wordy question as well. He's like, yeah. you know, you've announced this NFT deal. And I was just like, oh my god. I was like, I don't know. I was thinking like, how is Dana gonna answer this? Like, because obviously these these press conferences about fighting, like I didn't expect Dana to go off some random thing, but he actually completely shot it down. Like that's double worse for the reporter. Like if the reporter would have like got a really good answer then he'd be like buddy buddy with dana like yes like you know this dana asked my question maybe he thinks it's good but he got shot down i must be like gut-wrenching because again why like you know i know the nft thing it's news fair enough it's news but that's all i think it is it's not like it's not major news you know it's an nft deal and stuff like people want to know about the fights they don't really want to know about you know they obviously they want to know what it is and that's it move on at least in my opinion so like when everyone's following up those nft questions it was a bit weird you know i had someone recently reach out to me for uh, i guess charles Oliveira's releasing an nft thing mm. they're like i had hey. that as well yeah i had that as well he was like hey can you cover this for it and stuff and so i'm thinking like what do you want me to cover you know what i mean like yeah. it's yeah so i told him i was like you know what if you can give me some exclusive quotes from charles I was like, I'll, you know, I'm sure I can figure it out a way. And he goes, yeah, he gave us these quotes uh, for the release. I was like, yeah, but that's not exclusive. And yeah. here's some more quotes he gave someone else. I just left them on that. <laughs> I was like, look, that, that's not what exclusive means. Like, I, I can try to work with you, but you mm. got to do better than, what am I going to headline it? Charles yeah. Oliveira releases crazy mm-hmm. NFTs. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, like, obviously, when the UFC released their NFT thing, the whole, I remember I wrote, wrote on it, and the whole thing I did was, because they said the fighters will get 50% of the sales. So I'm like, right, boom. Like, what's a big talking point at the minute? Fighter pay. Like, I don't really know how the, you know, again, it's just just announced, but like fighters are getting money from these NFTs. That's, you know, 
that's and they're getting 50 percent, which is a lot more than you know the 16 percent revenue they get or whatever so that's a story there but like you said if someone just dms me saying charles Oliver has released an nft maybe like i said if we we're back at not no disrespect like the cage pages days yeah. i'll be like oh my god this guy's a dm me like quickly quickly you know but like again how is like if you wrote that up now if i wrote that it would definitely just be pr because like again it's yeah. it's how is that really news like they can drop that on their own site or his own Instagram page or something, but it's not really something for us to cover. No one else is going to really care about that unless you're like a massive fan of Charles Oliveira. So what can you do? Man, we've gone over an hour here. Our first time talking face or screen to screen, I guess. Mm. I guess people would be surprised, man. Uh, listen, to wrap things up, pl- plug your outlet, plug your work, social media, because you're big time now, man. People, people uh, already know how to find you, but you got stuff to plug, man. As I always am, um, Joe Cramer Lucas. You can follow my verified Twitter. <laughs> no, being humble. My Twitter account is uh, at HarryDavies14. And in my bio there, there's a link to my author profile for the mirror. So all my work is on there. My DMs are open. So if you have any um, questions, yeah, give me a shout. And pleasure to be on the podcast. It's kind of crazy. People won't know. Like we said, Lucas, it's been literally like you wouldn't think it's been six, seven years since we spoke screen to screen. But yeah. We'll have to get it on for another another one, like you said, maybe a special episode, like a, a 50 or a 69 or 100, and we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. You'll be booked for one of them. I got you. Uh, yes. But listen, for the people that made it to the end, I like to give a special shout out because nobody watches till the end. So holy shit, you made it to the end. Appreciate you. Thumbs up. That helps a lot. Subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.